Hello and welcome to Imagine Me and Yorikuma. I am Panda. I am your host, and I am here as always with my co-host Alice. Hi, Alice. Hi, Panda. And Alice is here with her co-host Cass. Hi, Cass. I have spent the last couple of minutes headbanging to the intro music. It's so good, right? Mm-hmm. It never gets mm-hmm. old. It never will, and I'm sorry that this is the last time we'll be playing this. That's one. not true. We still have. Uh, we're probably going to do the manga, so we got like like three three more episodes at least with the very cool theme song. That there I was only one piece made. of Yurikuma media ever created. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to do the manga. We are contracted by podcast law, and if I don't, the McElroys are going to come and shoot me in the head. So I have no choice. Oh shit! Yeah, no, I understand completely now. <laughs> and, and you're also with us, as always, are uh, the collective hive mind known as Yavana. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Uh, I, yeah, I knew smoke. that was a loaded question. Yeah. Oh, the smoke is fire is bad. Fire is bad, but global warming isn't real, guys. Totally not real. Right, so do you want to tell the listeners what it was that you told us that was the reason your voices both sound a little scratchy? <laughs> Damn it. It's because we've been deep-throating global warming all night. Yeah. Fucking smoke everywhere. And we're not even, like, the worst place in the region. Yeah. Like, I'm not even pretending that. Like, but it's been sustained. It's bad. It's normal now for, like, at least... a two weeks a year for us to be so unable to breathe that like if you walk a block you're gonna yeah i had to take one of those numbing throat lozenges just to be able to talk yeah at least it's not hot anymore honestly like (laughs) like i said this is actually vastly preferable to the heat wave we had a couple weeks ago yeah you guys were dying this is better (laughs) this is better i'd rather do this and this is going to kill me early Mm-hmm. that's okay so yasha and vana how excited are you to be uh released from your podcast shaped prison that i entrapped you <laughs> in uh it i don't know if it has been entirely two years i don't want to think about the fact that that it we have probably been doing yuri oh, come up for no, two years longer. but how, how does it feel to finally be at the end of this great journey I mean, bittersweet. bittersweet. Yeah, definitely bittersweet. I mean, it's always fun, Panda. You know yeah, that. Yeah, this has definitely been fun, and and this one especially. Um, you know, I I'm glad to be having to change my tune about it. <laughs> like I I am I am sincerely glad to have a better opinion of Viri Kuma. That it that is good and a thing I wanted, and I have to thank you all for it. I am so glad. <laughs> Being angrily, you know, ironically negative about Yuri Kuma is some Ikuhara fan eeps hipster shit, and I'm done with it. <laughs> I can move on now. It, it's <laughs> time for a Yuri Kuma renaissance, really. It's yep. We're 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 resurrecting Yuri Kuma kind of the way we resurrected Chio Saito. Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like no, this was this was good actually, <laughs> or at least very very interesting. Yeah, but. 
we we don't mind i don't mind having been trapped in a bird cage of podcasting <laughs> if this is what i got out of it this was this was a good trade-off good good <laughs> chatting and an anime that is actually not as bad as i thought <laughs> Well, I'm I'm glad that you've been able to reevaluate your opinion on Yuri Kuma. And I have been glad to have an opinion on Yuri Kuma because I was very uh, trepidatious going into this because of the reputation that Yuri Kuma has among Ikuhara mm-hmm. fans. But honestly, I feel like that is uh, it's unwarranted, really. I, I agree. I feel like people are harder on this than they probably would be if they tried to watch it again. I think so. And I get that because like Ikuhara projects vary greatly <laughs> and <laughs> there is even like the difference between Utena and Penguin Drum is so drastic and then the difference between mm-hmm. Penguin Drum and Yurikuma it can sometimes be hard to gauge one's feelings on the work yeah. of the bastard man. It's it's very true. Like there there are some ways in which he's very much like the the classic, you know, director auteur where there's like patterns in his work that are yeah. just, you know, in, intensely predictable, like, you know, he'll have this sort of thing and Spielberg will have that sort of thing. And there's there's like that sort of thing. And he does a lot of that. But I also feel like like Ikuhara kind of lives more in the realm of like like lady gaga (laughs) as an approach to to every every like lady gaga album is so different from the last one that everyone fucking hates it when it drops because they're like oh i get it's different and then she's like fine fuck you i'm going to make a country music album (laughs) (laughs) like that's ikuhara's approach to these works i think is like on one hand there are absolutely patterns that repeat themselves over and over mm-hmm. and over and you can always do ikuhara bingo oh yeah he's always but, got his little ikuhara isms yeah but on the surface of it the aesthetic the sound like literally in that lady gaga sense like it's always going to be something just radically different and okay but now i want to hear ikuhara's country album <laughs> god ikuhara country ikuhara's country album would rule. which which, which, which anime is ikuhara's joanne I actually like Sarazama. not a lot of country, but yeah, I kind of feel country. like it's probably. Gonna I be was Sarazama. literally gonna say Sarah Zanlight, <laughs> but I wasn't sure if I was if I wanted to put my faith behind that statement. But I'm glad everyone else also thought Sarah Zanlight. <laughs> you know why? You know why? Because aside from a slight wavering in Penguin Drum, Ikuhara's other anime tend to be very shoujo. Yeah, in their aesthetic, in their presentation, in their tone. And and Sarah Zanmai is like, nope, we're doing it. It's dudes. Dudes being dudes. It's soccer. Boys, it's boys, like, boys. Like, we're... Exactly. Yeah, like, okay. where did this you, come you from? Me of um, Sarah Zanmai. It's shonen, but it's shonen by way of haiku. Yeah. It's very that aesthetic. <laughs> There's an alternate cut of Sarah Zanmai that's just about them trying to get their school soccer team back together. <laughs> <laughs> I need they like a more like ping pong club. I need a Shinji Kari raising project style manga that is just about them trying to trying to do soccer. Yeah, trying to do the soccer team. See, and I'm sitting here laughing because I'm like, I feel like Ikuhara probably knows sweet fuck all about soccer. Exactly. <laughs> like, he can like, make I up his own rules. That, 
that he knows nothing about soccer exactly. I want to know what Igahara thinks soccer is. Yeah, like, Igahara... I'm gonna guess it's basically Calvin Ball. <laughs> In an Igahara yeah, anime, yeah, it absolutely would be. Like, calls himself a libero, and then he's on, like, clearly in a shooting position <laughs> there's like it just at some point it turns into shaolin soccer <laughs> yeah which would be great <laughs> yes <laughs> but enough about lady gaga and sarah's and my we're here to talk about yuri kuma and this is the last episode of yuri kuma it has been a long journey to this point longer than it was probably necessary by any stretch but uh, everything is hard. Everything sucks forever. And we're here to talk about uh, gay bears and not in the way you think. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this episode. No, not unrelated to the way that you think. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but not really your go to when you hear the phrase gay bear. <laughs> okay. But where. Someone must have drawn the Yurikuma bears and harnesses and stuff. I believe. Like in like in like oh, yeah. full yeah. on There's no like, way. I mean dingy New York City club outfits. Does that count as rule thirty-four? It's not porn. I feel like that wouldn't even apply because that's such a obvious thing to do with it. <laughs> rule thirty-four has to be a bit more like out of nowhere. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily it just rule thirty-four is just that if it exists there is porn, so theoretically although yeah like as we all learned in the month of june harnesses does not equal porn uh, i like this episode shall I start the video yeah i mean um do we have oh, yes. do we, we want to have any thoughts before the, the video yeah. Yeah. Or... is there anything we need to say before i mean i just i like this episode i'm glad that I have watched all of Yuri Kuma now because, like, even though it's not my favorite Ikuhara anime, I still, I, I still think it kind of rules. I don't know. I'm also easy to please, so like, <laughs> you know, your mileage may vary when it comes to my opinions. But cast, I, I don't remember. Is Yuri Kuma your favorite? Did Sarah Sam might take the crown? So I go back and forth on this. The answer to that question is, uh, which one did I watch more recently? I feel uh, that. So Yurikuma is my favorite overall, I think. Uh -huh. But, you know, I could easily see a world where, like, in three months from now, I revisit Sarazanmai and do the same kind of watch through with, like, trying to find all the details, trying to do all the reading. Crucially, I think I, I got to love Yurikuma even more than I did by trying to convince a bunch of other people to hold out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of forced me to become like a ardent like Yurikuma stand in a way I, I don't think I had been before. So now it's like, if someone told me to do that for Sarazanmai and I sat down and I, I, I watched that whole show again and I did it from the beginning knowing where the ending was going and had to do this kind of experience with it. Would I love Sarazanmai just as much as I love Yurikuma? I think probably yeah. But right now mm -hmm. I've only had that experience with one of the two, and so that's kind of a hypothetical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they are both very special shows. They're special to me for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Yurikuma has the most satisfying finale. I, I will say that, like, I like Sarazanmai, I am not really huge on the ending. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I can get that. Yeah. I, I feel like Sarazanmai is a lot more fun in the moment to moment, but there are bits of it that don't resonate as strongly with me as anything in Yurikuma. Oh, for sure. And I'm I'm gonna be real. Like, I think a lot of how special I found the series kind of wore off when I kind of revisited it later and watched the first couple of episodes where um oh my god, I've forgotten the main character's name. Kazuki. Kazuki. Kazuki uh, dresses up, is dressing up as um, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, ah, oh, we're we're kind of just leaving this here. I mean, like, it's not like an abandoned plot point, not like a plot hole thing. Just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, as as someone who you know has transitioned, it it was weird to have this moment of this character is kind of doing something I've had an experience with, which is. You know, I had this stage of transition where I was like, well, I, I still think I'm a boy, but I, you know, it's very normal to want to, like, dress up in girls' clothes and, like, mm-hmm. you know, do, you know, girl things and be, you know, it, it's normal. Like, there are people who want to do that. I, I kind of want to exist in that space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I were cuter so I could pull this off easier? <laughs> I am in constant misery. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very common thing that I think you know some trans women go through, and it was weird watching a character kind of have an experience I recognized as being potentially adjacent to that, and then the mm-hmm. show goes like, "Well, no, that's not what this actually is," and it's like. That's not really a flaw in the series, per se, but it does mean that going back, you know, I would necessarily have to grapple with the fact that, like, you know, there's this moment of self-recognition, and then it's like, but actually, no. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of thoughts on that. I I hope you don't mind a oh, yeah, this person putting their two cents in. <laughs> like, first off, I think... I. Th- I think that was a boundary push on Ikuhara's part. I think that was, okay, Mm. how much can I get away with here? I know I'm not going to be able to get away with the whole thing, but if I can get away with this much now, then maybe I can get away with more later. That seems like the kind of thing that he would do. You know what I mean? 100%. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see more, well, a more openly trans Mm storyline in whatever original work he does next. He's apparently working on something, so we live in fear. He's working on the Penguin Drum movie, isn't he? Yeah, he's part of it. So I don't know that it'll show up in that, but at the same time, I think think that was a boundary push on his part. Kind of like, well, he did a lot of boundary pushes. Yeah. The drug use was a big, big one. Oh, yeah. The weed. That's the one that, like, during the production of it, like, like the the week before production, there was, like, jokes being made by, like, Mappa that they weren't going to be able to, like, get away with airing this episode. Exactly. And we're like, why? What's in it? Why, why, why? Mappa, who famously worked on Sarah's and my... Yeah. Mm -hmm. For ten seconds or whatever (laughs) it was that that turned out to be. But, 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 yeah, I... I that's kind of how I see it in terms of his overall yeah works is mm-hmm. like that's that some that's a direction I feel like he, he could will be going future, in yeah. yeah and the other thing is while I was watching the episode today because we rewatched it of course I was thinking Yurikuma must be the most relatable for trans people like I, I feel like it is because 
and of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's something that would really resonate in the whole break yourself to really be yourself narrative. Yes. Or see someone other than yourself when you see a look like look in a mirror. Mm-hmm. There's like the person that's behind it and that's the real you instead of yeah. what your appearance there's a, are. There's a lot going on in Yuri Kuma that resonates not just with and you know it's not just that, it's also some of it is like, you know, in a culture that finds trans bodies and trans people to an extent kind of monstrous in our pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it it can be cathartic kind of seeing yourself in specifically the image of like literally these people are bears. They are looked at as something predatory and scary. And the show is about, you know, learning to understand and empathize with that. Yeah. So it's got that subtext as well. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a more flexible metaphor, and I'm actually kind of grateful for that because it's meant that, for instance, like I still see a lot of myself in ginkgo because mm-hmm. i'm like i have been her i have been this exact dumb horny teenager mm-hmm. you know i can look back on that person and through this character i can kind of find part of myself that forgives her her cringe <laughs> you know like it, yuri kuba can have that kind of experience with me where as far as on my i relate with a little bit less i find but also i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing of course, this doesn't speak to me as directly. In a lot of ways, Sarah's on my is about an entirely different experience that's not as close to my own. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it speaks to me a lot of other ways. I yeah, it, it is the only Ikuhara show to date that's just spoken to the fact that I definitely one hundred percent have opinions on multiple common writers <laughs> and can tell which ones were good and which ones were not. <laughs> uh, and I will never stop appreciating that. But speaker, yeah. I feel like um, with with I mean with Sarah Zanby because it is having to force the narrative into like reality to some extent. Like the ending of Sarah Zanby, I think like I love the ending of Sarah Zanby because it accomplishes a specific like tone, and it's more like like a bittersweet tone. Like like you said, like the show is more uh, playful from moment to moment, but its ending is a little bit darker. Yeah, and especially like. Sarah's on my with actually with all three of them you know these boys are depicted throughout the show as having this very confused tenuous grasp on sexuality gender like they're kind of just confused as shit the only confusion that isn't there is like Enta's definitely just gay as hell and he's not (laughs) confused about that Mm -hmm. there's just we're fine there but there's all of this confusion but the actual like end game that you're shown of them you know oh they're gonna struggle with soccer they're gonna have fights as adults but they're gonna thrive but their sexuality isn't actually touched on in any helpful way there it's sort of left alone i feel like that lack of closure can be a bit dissatisfying given how much of the show especially early on was about their sexuality and how much they struggled with that and then the conclusion is like, and then they became adults and it was fine. But those connections we were making to characters about their sexuality did come to anything because none of that was actually the point of the ending. Yuri Kuma, I think, is a little bit more narrow in its focus of like sec- of like queer, you know, sexuality, gender, any sort of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It narrows it very down, very much down specifically to like love between women 
Yeah. You know, I don't, but, but because it does narrow that scope down and it's not set in reality, there's no like requirement that any of these things actually make sense in a larger way. So he yeah. doesn't bother with that. He can literally just be like, and then the two girls dance together in the moonlight. Like, <laughs> yeah, it can be, it can be a satisfying cathartic emotional conclusion. Yeah. Separate from like a grounded, exactly. yeah, which is like that is kind of a thing with Sarazan. My, I without having a, a new experience of that series, it's going to be hard for me to like really have, I think, a fresh take on it. But mm-hmm. if you forced me like right now to like give my take on Sarazan, my overall, it would be Sarazan is a show that understands and touches on the sexualities of the main characters, but it's a lot more about the idea of how do we form close emotional connections and hold on to them with the people in our lives mm-hmm. and how likely are those connections to weather, you know, the storm. Yeah. And I, this is going to be a weird comparison, but like thinking back, the one other thing I can think of that like has kind of similar themes to the ending there is um, the movie, the world's end, which mm. I'm really hoping at least. In the, I have uh, not seen it. I, that is the one I haven't seen. I've seen the other. You have not seen that. Okay. Uh, I literally can't talk about that one without spoiling it, and it's worth watching, so I will. Okay, yeah, don't, don't, because I do actually kind of want to see that one. Yeah, but (laughs) they, I I will say, I can say without spoiling anything that a big part of that movie is explicitly about the idea of, like, it has a very different direction because it's coming from, like, washed-up adult looking back on the happiest days of their life versus kids struggling through days that will be happy when they remember them but yeah but you know, seeing like, like that in the presence mm-hmm. in the present yeah and it's like they both kind of but they both kind of ask that fundamental question toward the end of like are these young are these youthful connections meaningful will they hold together you know what are they are they worth anything you know mm-hmm. will they hold up against the uh the layers of grief and sadness that reality is going to throw at you Mm-hmm. And Sarazanmai has a bittersweet ending, but it does both of those series kind of in their own way answer actually mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, there is something real and good about these kinds of bombs. It is over the mm-hmm. past couple of minutes that I realized that you said the world's end and not at world's end, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Which we were definitely <laughs> none of us thinking about. <laughs> Are, are you implying that At World's End, the third Pirates movie, is not a deeply thoughtful word? I would never. Uh, and anyway, that's how I connect the ending of Sarah's on my to <laughs> The scene where Calypso is finally freed is analogous in its weirdness. <laughs> oh my lord. Anyway. <laughs> the dropping honey pot explodes because, you know. Cass, what's going what on? Going? Uh well Lulu's or not, yeah Lulu's dead Lulu's been shot yeah a little bit I'm it's very sad but Ginkgo's holding y'all... her and she is angelically smiling up in her final moments because she saved Ginkgo who somebody had, said that yes. Lulu deserved better like way way back when so Vanna and I have been expecting this for ages yeah <laughs> it's sad but. Yeah, this is your reminder that in the art that we got a long, long time ago, I am the one who was. I just wanted to wear the crown. I know. I'm, I every time that I every time that like I've seen that art, 
I just chuckle a little bit more because I knew what was coming. I knew that they would get to this part. This whole time to finally kill Alice and become the sole host of the show. <laughs> actually, though, actually, though, um, Ikuhara pulls another thing, like like with the cops with Lulu, doesn't he? Well, we haven't gotten there yet. But yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. But no, no spoilers. What Keep are going. you talking about? <laughs> We're seeing uh, Kareha's house. It's all boarded up. Or at least it was empty. it was taped up on the outside. Yep. And then we see some merch turned over. Merch, definitely merch. That is big. Merch. Yep. So it's the three mugs with their little symbols on it, and it's actually a heart wrenching shot for me. Yeah, that is really it's sad. So cute. It's so sad. But what I'm really mad about is like I'm sitting here and thinking, and all I can think is like I want to afford this house. Right. It's so mm-hmm. cute. I want to afford this. Imagine, house. imagine afford being able to afford a house. Mm-hmm. I'm. We're usually up. the people that have friends over. Like we're usually the hosts. So the whole image of like the the cups being cleaned and overturned and left. Like I've seen that so many times because that's what that's what remains after someone comes by. So it was kind of sad. But anyway, that's what. Sorry, Mama. Well, like the cups overturned is just a very familiar visual yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because after you have friends over, you put the cups away or whatever, and there's that sort of like. Hmm bittersweet like oh i had friends over and it was good yeah. i'm exhausted they're gone now mm-hmm. now ginkgo is gonna walk the plank it's more dark yeah ginkgo's on so the plank anyway because this they've is set up a plank on the roof she's at the end of it and everyone's gonna the brown shirts are gonna execute her ritualistic they are literally. doing another ritual of exclusion and it begins as always with friends are important above else to all else don't you think those gathered here today are friends don't you think those who deny our feelings are the scum of the earth? Those who stray from us are irredeemable. Those who don't stain themselves our color are nothing but trouble, right? Those who can't read the air are evil. This is a little fashy. Just a little yes, bit. Yes, it is. Only a little bit. Just a tiny bit fashy. Humans and bears are severed, and yet there are those who try and overcome that barrier. I'd we like to note to again that... The next um, evil to exclude... This is very, very good depiction of how actual cults and, like I've said before, the Republican Party and how all of that, how extremism happens. Mm -hmm. Like, this is actually a really, really good depiction of it. And I know I've mentioned Prester Jane's compaction cycles. That's about the only thing you should read from Prester Jane, if you ever do. But it's just a very good depiction of how each cycle it goes through compacts the inner core more, makes them even more extreme, makes them yeah. harder to pull away from the the group itself, like the core of the group, and how there must be constant value judgments of who is a good enough follower of the doctrine. Mm-hmm. So just this... I love the way he's depicted that. It's just so good. Well, it's depicting heteronormativity as a fucking cult, which is... It is. Yeah. It is. Isn't it? It's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to sit here for one half a second and say everything you need to know about my sense of humor is I heard the name Prester Jane, and I was unfamiliar with it. And my first thought was, uh, congratulations to Prester Jean and his armies for their t- successful transition. <laughs> Actually... Uh, that's kind of what happened with Prester Jane. She used to be called Prester John. She's oh. an interesting character. Uh, I, As I said, I wouldn't necessarily read 
too deeply into her work because she is she does have some untreated mental issues uh, schizophrenia being one of them I think but she was raised in a Christian cult and that gave her a mm-hmm. lot of time to study this kind of thing happening and unfortunately a lot of baggage from it yeah for a little bit I was I thought that you were like I was very confused as why the semi-mythological figure of Presser John was talking about fascism. And I was like, I don't remember the Negus Nagas talking to the, about this to the Portuguese sailors. <laughs> yeah, no. No, just somebody who called themselves after that, that uh, semi-mythological figure. I can't believe that was actually... I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit broken now because I was like, oh, this is someone's like real name. And then it's like... Haha, wouldn't it be funny if, oh no, oh no, the joke was real, oh no. (laughs) Anyway, so they're in the middle of the ritual of exclusion. Yep, and notably going through it in the same way they did in their classroom. Everyone's got rifles now, but... So it's an American classroom is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, this, this barely registered to me. Evil lives excluded. Like, this is literally just going through the process to remind everybody of the process. Yes, and because because they have Dinko and Koreha, like, right there. They are very clearly just doing it to reinforce the in-group hostility towards the out-group and the in-group loyalty. Mm -hmm. It's, it's... uh, Which is an important part of the process. It's a triumph. You have to, you have to do the triumph so everyone knows how to feel about a thing. It's just yep. reaffirming the boundaries of normality and, and reaffirming what will happen. Yeah. Anyway, they decide they're going to vaporize Ginko with a, a ray gun. <laughs> yep. And Curry has like, wait, aren't I the evil? Exclude me instead. And they're like, of course, you're next. And they but... clarify to her that executing Ginko is Kureha's punishment. So, yeah, they're messed up and not mm-hmm. okay. We must remain invisible. And if you don't follow the rules, you're evil. I, I like. I actually really like that. Where Kurei has like, well, if you're invisible, who will find you? Because that's been very much the obvious, like, dumb response the whole show. And I'm glad that she actually did it. And that there is no answer. Like, they just barely hear her. Yep. You don't think that way when you've gone this far down the rabbit hole. A yep. very much gotcha thing that, you know, any leftist at all might say to a bunch of cult members is just going to not be heard even if it's great yep oh uh and ginko is currently attempting to she's attempt very clearly and very obviously attempting to just get the cult to refocus on her by claiming that she came to this world to eat kareha and kareha has never been her friend i like that uh (laughs) kareha and ginko are both chomping at the bit to sacrifice themselves Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to sacrifice myself harder. (laughs) Yep. And right before the cult leader can call her on it, Kureha calls Ginko on it and just stands up from the chair where she's been, you know, held prisoner this whole time and starts kind of asking, like, why would you come here? Why did you stay with me? You know, why did you you try to protect me? Clearly the lie is not worth it for her. Yeah. It'd just be more delicious if you were not invisible, Cal. <laughs> from the very beginning, you oh, were did the thing. Yep, yep the really little really monologue good. from the very beginning, Kareha is now saying it. Oh, Ginko, like, oh. it's really emotional. And Ginko just, like, 
She's trying so hard to keep up the ruse, and she absolutely can't. She turns, oh, she turns back into a bear, and her little hands so hard because yeah, all cutesy. She's trying so hard to be evil that she turns back into a bear. <laughs> Everybody's got their rifles leveled. They're they're ready to do the the public execution. And Kureha has a flashback. Mm-hmm. She remembers everything and now. Here we go. We are back at the time when Kureha got beaten up as a kid for sheltering Ginko. Mm-hmm. And it's time for the final skeleton key for the whole damn show that we've just spent 12 episodes watching. Mm-hmm. So from Ginko's perspective, she was the one who immediately came up with the idea of you know, it's because I'm a bear that Kureha got hurt. I, I should not be a bear. Mm-hmm. Ginko, queen of blaming herself for fucking everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's not even her fault. Fuck it. I'll find a way. It's my fault. I don't relate to that at all. And yeah. then, but from Kureha's perspective, she's the one who thought to herself, if Ginko weren't a bear, everything would be better. Yeah. And she was the one... I guess I should wait for a second because we're about to get that reveal. Kureha is, with her hands still, like, in handcuffs, teleported to... The Bear Zone. In a bear court. The Court court of Severin. She has to go make her arguments at the Court of Severin. Walking down, yet again, a long set of stairs. What did stairs do to Ikuhara and Anno? What did you guys have been to Japan? You remember how many fucking stairs are everywhere? Well, yes, but these stairs have clearly like insulted him, mortally insulted him. Yeah, he's he just can't get over it. (laughs) And Kuriha just confirmed it. He's in the fucking court. The whole series has been building to. Okay, so pause. This sequence is literally just the sequence in episode 34. Yeah. yeah. Like, like point for point, theme for theme. So in Inuchna, in episode 34, you finally have your flashback scene where you find out what happened, um, how little kid Utsuna met, you know, this prince, and the prince showed her this suffering girl, and she's like, I'm going to save the girl, and blah, 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 blah. So we, we know that sequence for enough, yes. well enough. That sequence is basically identical to this one in what it's like, therefore, what it accomplishes, what emotional dynamic it creates. You know, these dudes show up and judge this child's emotions against her in a similar way that Dios does, because Dios does kind of just gaslight Utina about the concept of saving the person sad. Yes. And these guys do kind of just mock her for and point out that she's being a hypocrite. Because she's she's going to assert that she wants to make Inko into a girl so they can be friends. These dudes are like, you can't do that because you're ex, because that's wrong. They they have some ground to stand on, though. Like, that's not totally unfair. So it sinks in a little bit in the same way that Dios did. And it's the same dynamic of, like, a, you know, men in ostensible positions of power taking the confused little girl's effort at being a decent human being and connecting with others and forcing a framework of their design around it and being like, this is how it is. You're going to have to fight through this to get what you want, you know, deal with it. And she accepts because she's a fucking child. I mean, she yeah, doesn't know any better. 
she doesn't know any better. And I, and I actually really like this sequence in like the sense of revisiting the one in Utena. Like, because I like that at this point, Ikuhara is like, okay, what would really have happened? So Kuriha's a lot more lippy about it than Utena was <laughs> mm -hmm. in a way that I actually really appreciate because it's like, okay, you're going to force this absolutely insane, bizarre patriarchal structure on the little kid, but the little kid doesn't just accept it wholeheartedly this time. I kind of like that she's like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, there's a line at one point and I'm literally like all I heard was she's like I'm six yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but I like that because it does do the same unfortunate thing where you know the consequences of this will resonate for this entire like teenager's life so I don't want to say adult's life mm -hmm. but like this entire life is going to be modeled around this moment and around the consequences of it in a way that isn't entirely unreal. This happens a lot. The patterns of what's proper and acceptable get dictated to you at a point where you don't know enough to question them, but you have to accept them either way to get what you want. So you do. So I do think it's very like Ikuhara fights and struggles and gnaws with this so much. It's a theme in every show he does of this just resentment for being given a system that is conditional and it's placed on you early and you don't get to fight it. And the, at the point where you have enough reasonable ways to question the system, by the time you're that mature, you've already accepted it and you can't do anything to re rebel against it. And I think that's kind of what's happening here is Izikuhar revisiting that like agitation he has with that challenge, where it's like, okay, here's this child who has a real emotion and a real desire. We're, we're going we're gonna to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that was bad quote unquote she, you know, here's a here's someone with a sincere i want x and i think x would be good i want and in every ikuhara show any child that has an i want is immediately just brow beaten by reality and denied and ruined and you're just not allowed to want again and then the big theme becomes you should want again that was a good idea even though it felt silly at the time said Sarah's and mine. <laughs> you know, this one is, is I don't think goes as far because it doesn't do that aftermath, but I do like that that comparison is still there. It's still something Igar clearly thinks about, dislikes, it like gnaws at him, but I can see why it does because it does feel very like, oh, we've been here before. And where we've been here before is, is unfortunately so familiar and so easy and so consistent in our cultures that it, you can uproot it from Utna into this and have it be the same. And he's going to be able to do the same thing with Sarazanmai and the same thing with Pangudrum because this is a pattern that everyone has experienced. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the childhood version of a view of the world that you have being broken down, taken away, and replaced by people who seem to know better. And then you find out later that they really, they really didn't. They didn't know any better. They were just these, in this case, these three fucking assholes that are watching the show and dictating what they think the show should look like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In a metaphorical sense. They were just trying to shut you up because you were a kid. Yeah. But anyway, so I do like watching the scene in that, in that sense. All right. So playing out... Kuriha asks for the Court of Severance. This is six-year-old Kuriha asking, mm -hmm. can you turn Ginko into a human girl so I can be with her? Uh, which 
Life Cool immediately goes like, the defendant has committed the sin of pride. Call her guilty. <laughs> She's like, what's pride? <laughs> I don't know words. I'm six. She's There's yes. no other way because bears are excluded, she says. And she maintains, I'm sure Ginkgo would be much happier as a human. Typical human. Yeah. Which, of course, she doesn't know any better that what the problem with saying that is. Because she's well, but, six. Yeah. She's six, but also um, Ginkgo was the one going, if I wasn't a bear, then this would be fine. Yeah. yeah. So there is that. It's not like, like she's yeah. just pulling it out of nowhere. Ginkgo did say she, that. She hasn't necessarily heard Ginkgo say that because it kind of sounds like this is happening in parallel to Ginkgo's. Oh, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. I, I think to me the the sticking point there is it does not matter. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Like, at six mm. years old, it does not matter whether Ginkgo explicitly gave Kareha the idea that she thinks it would be better if she were a human girl. Like it doesn't matter. Like G- like Kareha is just convinced because it's like yeah. people Kareha. say bears are bad. So if Ginko were not a bear, it would be not bad, and therefore we'd both be happy. Therefore, yeah, yeah. because I'm six, I want to just fix this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, what is, pr-? there's like, that's prideful. I don't know what pride is. Mm-hmm. I, I am literally a child. I am, I am six. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, this is why this is bad. And she's like, fucking whatever, that it's, sure, it's pride. I have no negative association with this. Please let me have my friend. <laughs> <laughs> It's, please, please, I, please, I love please it. Let me keep my 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 relationship with Gingo. Uh, they offer her a condition, which is you to have to part with you. your love. So they basically offer Kureha the bargain of we'll take your memory of Ginko, but in exchange she'll we'll make sure she can turn into a human girl. Which means they kind of double dipped. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I'm not. It's explicitly based on a lie. And reflecting on this as a much older person is looking back and going like, okay, my six-year-old self was kind of a little selfish here because she can kind of understand as an adult or, well, as someone who is closer to an adult. As a young adult. As a young adult, yeah. Like, this is, it is maybe not the healthiest thing to decide that because society doesn't accept your partner for a really stupid, arbitrary reason, you should therefore force your partner to try and mold themselves to society instead of, you know, pushing back. But, you know, poor six-year-old Kureha thinks of this as, you know, I'm I'm just trying to take care of of Ginkgo. It fixes the problem. And this is, yeah, this is, I think, the moment that uh, the show became my favorite. Mm -hmm. Kureha is now back as her her present self in front of the court. Mm -hmm. And we have an eye catch. Because of course we do. We got to have that eye catch. Mm-hmm. And she's being reconfronted, and the court asks her, "Will you admit your own sin?" And she admits, "Yeah, in the past I was prideful, and it blows away life cool in life." Yeah, they're like, "Whoa!" What did they think she was gonna do? Uh, they probably thought she was gonna double down, and they're stupid <laughs> because again, it's these three. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of confusing to me. Do you want to okay, pause? pause? Yeah, yeah, so we're getting so, a flashback to Sumika. Yeah, this is this is the flashback to Sumika because, you know, they're like, did you find love after all of this? And Kureha's like, yes, I did. And it's flashing back to Sumika. And I'm like, what does Sumika got to do with that? Like, Sumika taught her what the experience of love was like. Yes. No, I mean, Ginko did. Well, well Sumika, okay, so but she like, had to me, forget Ginko, remember? Yeah, which means that she had to forget the experience of finding what that yeah. feeling was like. So... 
she's like, did you find that feeling again? It's like, yes. It's not necessarily the same person, but like she rediscovers what this is like. Yeah, she's she's been forced to rediscover it with someone else. Okay, that's fine, I guess. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, the the final rejection of Sumika. The last... This is this is some big. You must learn to love Jesus before you can learn to love others. <laughs> oh yeah. my God! Literally, anyway, uh, the text uh, here just got blown off by magical energy, and she thinks, which happened in the real world. Like this is no longer just a metaphorical thing. Like, I mean, where does the real world end and metaphor begin? Like, yeah. Bold distinction to make. Mm. Bold of you to imply that Yurikuma isn't in a simulationist universe. Yeah. <laughs> I will dive into the storm. Had announced, yeah, she will straight up. She's gonna fight. She just, just announced she was gonna fight the entire group of she's people. She's gonna fight a girlfriend. The the that just calls back for me to the Pacific Rim thing where it's like I can fight the hurricane kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. They will cancel the apocalypse. Give them big like bear max. Big oh, bear max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's awesome. I would yeah. I would love that. Characters in Yurikuma with drift compatibility. Exactly. I mean that is essentially what we are establishing here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Drift compatibility. Uh, Ginko is still trying to tell Kurei how to stay away because it's gonna he has not kill. quite figured out where this is going. Poor little Twin Tails girl was trying to figure out why the ray gun's powering down, and it's because, oh yeah, yeah the bear that we turned into a cyborg to power it became self-aware again. Aww. Okay, this is, so at this point, what the scene is, is the end of episode 39. Yeah. With with Anthe in the coffin and Utsuna reaching into the coffin and they're arguing about whether they're going to grab her. That's literally what this is right now, except this is, you know, Kureha advancing on a super deformed ginkgo doing little bear chibi moves and stuff. Yep. Because Ikuhara is like, I can I can make this emotionally powerful even if it's Adorable. A, an adorable bear on a plane. She for the star pendant! And now she, she has the star pendant. She did the little Shinji uh, tilt of her head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, because we're still on a stage, um, Spotlight goes up, literally. Mm-hmm. And Kumaria... It took me a minute to realize what all of these points of light are, and it's literally all of the fragments of Kumaria reuniting themselves. Okay. Yeah. Because Kareha's wish has been so pure as to reconstitute the goddess. I love this. Which makes the dudes go away. I love this little bit where they're like, they're in their bear forms and shooting through the sky. It kind of reminds me of something out of Sailor Moon. (laughs) It absolutely is. But just for our listeners, that was the, the three guys Yes, this was, Just, it was the, the three, uh, it was life cool, life sexy, and, uh, like cute, life, life beauty. beauty. I, I want, I always want to call him, like, life cute or something, but that doesn't I, really I, I go. happy, which is not what he is. Yeah. The, the, the dumb patriarchy has fucked off. <laughs> now that the queen has arrived. Into the greater, the greater Kumarian hole. The, the 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 woman goddess has arrived and the dudes are like, oh shit, I better step the fuck off now and they just leave. Yep. Well, I mean, isn't the implication that they are sh- uh, shards of Kumaria? They, yes, yeah. but 
But I'm preferring to imagine the the bear court is like a Vaughn is having oh, fun. Okay. Vaughn is having an Italian moment. I'm imagining these as like the papacy, and if God showed up, the first thing that like the Vatican <laughs> would do is be like, "Oh shit! Looks like my role over here is done," and fuck off into the sky. <laughs> and I gotta find a better contender for an episode title that better than I'm imagining this is the papacy. <laughs> I, you know what? I love that specifically because I can't tell no one's gonna be able to tell if I said it or you said it yeah honestly that sounds like an Alice line <laughs> but uh Vanna's Italian-ness has persevered it's coming out how, yeah. how is it that, like the two of you are occasionally just the same person Similar wa- uh, the, the wavelengths just happen to resonate sometimes. Yeah, the Catholicism has two brain cells, and they just kind of get passed around. So <laughs> at at one point in history, we've held those two brain cells at the same at the time. same time, yeah. and that's pew pew. Alice isn't Catholic; she's just very repressed. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> thing, isn't it? The repression comes with a lot of. <laughs> Yeah, we can give you love the rhetoric without the repression. <laughs> you, there is a there is a state of Protestant repression that becomes so intense that it is now Catholic. TFW, you are Vatican III. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vatican is all the friends. Third the impact. Your impact is now. Anyway, oh, God. speaking of the third impact, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is some big, like, yes, Ikuhara, we know that you and Anno are, are bros. I'm sorry, but, but I love this, like, I love the Sumika Kumaria design. Like, I think she's very cute. And I also- I think her dress is cool. I have known almost this entire time that Sumika was going to be Kumaria. I, I love the little, the fact that her dress is literally a lily. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's flowers. It's oh, pretty. I just realized she looks like a, she looks like a Madonna. Oh, and Koreha uh, just stares God in the face and says, yes, my desire is true. And we're back to the picture book set up. With the mirror. And it's time to shoot the mirror. I love this so much. Like this image of Koreha and like forest girl Koreha pointing the gun at each yeah. other. Like, or she's the yeah. moon girl uh, or whatever. Girl, yeah. And please turn me into a bear. And this, here we go. This was it. This was the whole moment. We finally did it, kids. Koreha accepted queerness. She's come mm, out of yes. the closet. Yep. Yuri approved. I love that this is the first time that we've gotten the moment of Yuri approved, but it's not from a dude. Yeah, this yes. is from an actual other Yuri. So. <laughs> yep. Koreha looks down at a lily petal in her hand, and the the whole sky is full of falling lily flowers. And the invisible so storm girl is like trying to bat them away. Yeah, they're all like horrified. And now Koreha is also a sexy bear. Excellent. Please, that was a terrible way to say that. That 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 outfit though is pretty dope. That outfit it's is super cute. cute I would absolutely two hundred percent cosplay this if I felt like I could pull it and off. And I love yeah. her big fluffy trail skirt. skirt. Like, ah, yeah. oh, it's so good. Yep. The arm garters and the leg garters. Yeah. Here is my promise kiss. And then they kiss on the mouth. And, and he cries because she's so. And happy. then Geiko cries, and then I cry. And then they're naked, and they're naked. Because <laughs> fuck it, why not? And there are, there are leaves everywhere. There are babies they're babies again. 
I mean, that yeah, was feathers. That I don't need that. That's a little creepy. Interspersed with all this like romantic hey, nudity, hey, but okay. Hey, hey. it's cute. It's it's oh my god, they were childhood nudity, friends. Not necessarily though. sexual. Yes. Just you know, it's it's fine. We're just vibing. We're vibing. It's 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 all good okay. here in the gay zone. Well, I mean, they literally just turn into and turn into, <laughs> a, into lily. a lily flower as a metaphor for our undying union and love. What if we twist and turned into a giant lily and we were both bears? <laughs> and then we actually get her actual bear form. She has a little. She has a little. She's There's like has a little. Oh my god! A it is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy the camellia motif for Correa finally, finally, finally paid off in the best. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so all of this has happened in like like. In, this in happened scene. in front of people. Yeah, and so they've done this entire little spinny, cute bear pose this with is just like what it's a like line when of guns. <laughs> yes, that true. is the metaphor. If you want to do public displays of affection, you will all do them with guns trained on you all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, as a queer person in the South, yeah, yeah. Like, thanks, Ikuhara. We are seen. <laughs> and then what's her face there? I remember I looked up her name, but I don't remember it now. Uh, she's just thinking out going like, a human became a bear? How abominable. Karen hair over there. Uh, Yuri and Karen, cy- the Cyborg Brigade. bear is crying. I stand these two. Yeah. And yep, uh, Twin Tails Girl realizes she can't pull the trigger and the evil Lily ray gun turns off. That's no longer a human, so shoot it. And then they just, like, it just cuts to the, the they're just so fucking cute. The little bear. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's, everyone's not okay with this. The guns are coming up, but yeah, they're all they're freaking. Shaking. And the door to Severance is beginning to open in the yeah. background. And it's like, they're like, shoot, shoot, shoot. They're she keeps yelling at them, bears. don't think, don't think, because if they think for half a second, they'll realize they're all fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to shoot. And the door has opened. But there's a gunshot a noise, a cartridge, there's a flying of lily petals, and... Cut to black. Because fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> then Ikuhara's like, no, screw you. You can find out what happens This later. is the post-series sequence mm-hmm. where we find out what happened. Yep. Looks like everything's still the same, editory. I mean, whatever. Isn't it Wuthering Heights Academy? Yeah. Wuthering Heights Academy, yep. <laughs> um, yep. Anyway, uh, there's still the birds and now a camellia motif along with them. Mm-hmm. And we have a spotlight on our cute little twin tail girl who had a moment of thing. Up on stage, Karen Hare is just lecturing about doing the ritual of evil, excluding again. She's Back literally just doing that we'll have to start this dueling game again. I'm yep. counting on you for next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which is yeah. great because like, I love... Oh, and we got our little flashback. The door to Severance counted down and opened. Everyone kept shooting. Gun smoke filled the air. Toontail's girl can't see anything because it's all the gun and smoke. She's so dainty. Cough, cough. <laughs> mm-hmm. do I see? And she looks up and sees... Gay bears. Gay bears going to heaven on a stairway because Kureha and Ginko just walked off, walked off into a happy ending and they don't yeah. care. They're walking up her skirt. This is so pretty, though. Like with mm-hmm. with Kumaria and like, oh, it's so good. It's pretty, but I can't get over the stairway to heaven. 
being under her skirt. Yeah, you know. I know. It's like that is look, a woman. We're, we're going to the world's most elaborate love hotel. It's fine. <laughs> what? You might as well get mad out loud. It are are we saying Sumika was actually the gateway into this whole like world and and she created this world as a way for lesbian relationships to to, to go through changes and develop. And, and what about it? Is this it's the gay matrix. She's running the gay <laughs> matrix. Matrix. The gay matrix. <laughs> gay matrix. <laughs> what are you Sumika's talking about? The matrix, the gay matrix is already gay. <laughs> The yeah, Gatrix, it's already the Gatrix, if you will. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, oh boy. Anyway, so I would like to repeat that Will and Trinity are still the second best lesbian couple in all of fiction. Moving forward, Will is Nana. a lesbian, and not enough people are talking about it. <laughs> okay, uh, so we're going to... through the exclusion again. That the yep. whole and uh, Twin Tails girl just gets up and goes, "You know what?" Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> she says no to fascism. Yeah. Fuck this shit on she's she's that one she's that one uh dude in the picture of all of the sea hails and he's just the one dude that's not doing it. That's it's, her it's, it's, it's that one to share zone meme. You can just leave. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We see all the uh, uh, the drawers oh, from oh, the principal's oh, office. More labeled defective in front of the taped over severance store. And Twintail's girl comes and finds her and goes like, hey, uh, you're okay. Where's my sequel anime about them? Honestly, I'm ready for it. Okay, but who's the who's the Anthea in this pair? Probably the little bear, because that's some trauma. <laughs> and we uh, gonna go back to the opening. We get the theme song. Yeah. Which yep. we did not get at the beginning. No. Yep. This is and it's perfect because, you know, the gay cycle continues. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now we cut at last to a watercolor sky and a single tree. And it's Milne! Yay! Listening to Lulu read a storybook to him about the events of the story. See? Like I said, Ikuhara just said, fuck you, Lulu's alive. Lulu's fine, she's with her goofy little brother. Yeah. Lulu's Lulu's alive in the same world where the other dead character is. Shh. That's fine. <laughs> They're having fun in the They're afterlife. fine. They're on a farm somewhere and you can't visit. <laughs> Shut up! Oh, my Shut Lord. up! Oh, you're awful. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> that feels like, yeah, that's that's about what Lulu gets. <laughs> Lulu got put out to pasture. Yeah. Ginko, Ginko and Gareha get to blast off into the into the black universe and unknown, and they get to be together forever. Lulu, however, Lulu also gets her promised kiss. on this podcast. Lulu also gets her promised kiss, and it's from Milna. And yeah. yeah, she finally just like repaired a relationship with her kid brother. Yeah, yeah this is a really? big. It's good enough. It's good enough, I guess. It's, I, it's cute. Honestly, given the way death works in the series, they might actually be alive in some sense. But I think they, they are. are. Well, wherever they are, they are happy, and you know, it, it doesn't they, count if you if you die. The gay matrix it doesn't count. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's right. And now we have parallel shots of Ginkgo and Kureha walking on water toward each other, or maybe it's like the night sky above the city. It's very intentionally hard to tell, because the two of them are basically prophets now. (laughs) 
They're gay stars. prophets. Yep. God, and they're we literally celestial bodies. Girl motif with uh, a moon directly behind Kureha and a little forest island of forest behind Ginkgo. Mm-hmm. It looks very much like the Little Prince. It's very yeah. Good. It's got yeah. some Little yeah. Prince vibes for sure. The touch and they're gonna Aww. they're gonna be gay. They're and gonna they kiss. kiss and they kiss again. We get double smoochies. Yay! Hooray! Yeah. And they actually draw back the camera right before we were on the last one, which gay rights. I I kind of love that we draw back the camera on just before the meeting of their lips on the last one because it's kind of like in a lot of like scenes that's kind of you know like the let's give them some privacy but in this case it to me it kind of symbolizes like okay audience you've seen enough these two are going to be fine now go out and like actually you know maybe do something with what you do you likewise yeah (laughs) how the show ends is basically turning to the audience and going like now you're true i I made my case go be gay (laughs) yep like, this is incontrovertible. <laughs> so yeah, we're done. I love it. it it's so good. cute. It is extremely cute. We, uh, we eventually mm-hmm. followed this episode up with, of course, our uh, our recording of the four of us playing the official Yuri Kuma tabletop game, Honey Heist. <laughs> I have been thinking <laughs> that a Yuri Kuma game of Honey Heist would be really good. <laughs> God, we should I'm do that. Familiar. It's a Honey Heist is a, a role playing game, obviously, uh, where you play as it's a one it's a one page rules game. You, that's you play just as like, bears. Your two stats are criminal oh. and bear. Yeah, your two stats are criminal and bear, so it fits right within the Yuri. Wow, universe. that's <laughs> definitely that's Yuri Kuma. Steal the honey. <laughs> if you go to bear. When you become by animal control, if you become too criminal, you leave the forest behind forever, seduced by a life of crime. It's called Honey Heist because you're literally trying to steal some honey. It's it's the best game ever by anything. I'm ninety percent certain it was inspired because someone watched one episode of Yuri Kuma, heard the words criminal bear, and just And was like, I like it, I'm sticking with it. (laughs) How when when did Yuri Kuma come out? Like twenty fourteen? Twenty fourteen? It was very shortly before this podcast, and we started in 2016. There was a tie before this 2015. Yeah. Time is so fucking warped for me. Actually, you know what? It still works. I was going to say, I feel like maybe Yuri Kuma actually works better now than it did when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason being, at this point, we are like... I, I would not have noticed or commented on the depiction of like fascisty shit nearly as much if I'd watched this in 2015. Ikuni's always yeah. ahead been, of the curve. Yeah. Is. It he feels is. like this is hitting a lot harder now because the depiction of fascism is so, so on the nose. Like, you know, watching these girls do their whole little severance process, like, the symbols around them, the outfits. I feel like you could just take that and slap it on a bunch of like patches and throw it around in the South. And like in a month, it would be like the three percenters or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, like you'd have this and it would actually create itself as a fascist cult. It's that yeah. easy. Okay. You know, what's really tickling me though. Google is saying that this is sci-fi. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm 
I mean, <laughs> it's not not. Yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, it's not not, but that's a... Hmm. It says fantasy science fiction, which is no, just right what here. we call it. Right here. We're kind of confused about Right there. Sci-fi. There's space in it. There is space in it. I mean, they do say <laughs> something about... I mean, it does start with the intro that they kind of have the with the whole like the planet kubaria explode do they mention like one yeah. time yes i'm just like stacking this up beside the foundation series by asimov or yes. something like that and going oh, yes these things if, are equal what if the alien with the alien bears from what if the aliens from the planet kubaria are the ones who land in uthana and the only episode of uthana that matters <laughs> oh, god boy. the connections I need to, oh. now I need to watch Pingo Drum to see like what they yeah. want to do there. Like what is their in game? Coming up next. Oh my lord. Yep. I want to remind you, Panda, that I have a specific episode tapped to guest on. Yes, you Pingo do. Drum. Yes. 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 Episode seven? I don't remember which episode it is. Okay. I just know what happens in but, it. Yeah, I, I yeah, even this, know this... what episode you're talking about. I just don't remember the number. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh yeah. that would be I fun. Don't know. I I have a question for for everyone. Mm-hmm. I okay, mm-hmm. so at the risk of misrepresenting something I saw on Twitter like months ago that I don't remember the exact verbiage of, I remember seeing someone complain about Yuri Kuma because Lulu ends up with her brother in the end. I feel like was the the spirit of what was being said. And I don't I don't really Wait. feel like she got brother zoned. I I mean, I don't uh, know. Like, was this person trying to say that that that, that was a romantic thing? I, you know, I wasn't 100% sure. I remember that it had to do with like Lulu is a character that like is expressly sapphic throughout basically the entire show and then she ends up with her brother in the end and that was a complaint that someone had. Do they realize that it was about love and not necessarily sapphic love? Yeah, I mean... I can't that's... even tell. I'm having a hard time taking that seriously. I mean, I would, you know... I'm trying to warp my brain into a way into a, a weird shape that could approach this comment. In all fairness, I would have to see if I could track down the exact comment because I am just sort of paraphrasing based on my my memory which as we all know is not the best but i Mm. do remember like because i hadn't watched the last episode yet and i do specifically remember like the phrase lulu ends up with her brother or something like that and um i i I don't know like i mean okay well there's even there's a couple of a couple of different ways to read that first of all you could read it as lulu ends up with her brother in the incestuous sense or you could read it up or read it as lulu ends up with her brother instead of getting her own sapphic romance yeah like that 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 is a sort of second place prize or something it is it, like I'm looking I at it as is Lulu got a closure that was established with about two episodes versus her existing in the whole rest of the series. 
You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like her happy ending is a happy one for her story, but it's based on much smaller amount of plot and development on her part. Like, she emotionally develops for a whole other purpose than this one. I feel mm-hmm. kind of like, like, I don't know. That does kind of hit me wrong, not because I'm like, ooh, she's fucking her brother. I mean, I'm usually <laughs> the first person to, like, scream incest or whatever. I don't think that's what's happening here. No, but I, don't think I can either. see it as a criticism because it is kind of like, Okay, Lulu's plotline got resolved with this one thing that's, I guess, kind of nice. But at the same time, you've been building her up as a totally different character that... I, I don't disagree. think so. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I'm on Panda's side here. Like, Lulu mm. got that whole episode talking about her background, yeah. specifically... Mm-hmm about her brother and about the way she felt about it and yeah and that was part of what drove her to do the things that Mm -hmm. she did and so i don't feel like it's a second place prize at all well and also like part of lulu's arc was about her letting go of her feelings for ginkgo realizing that ginkgo doesn't feel the same way and also ginkgo there is someone that does feel that way about ginkgo even if koreha doesn't re- understand that she feels that way for majority of the series like mm-hmm. lulu's entire arc is about or not entire arc but part of her arc is about letting go of her attachment to ginkgo as someone who just does not reciprocate the feelings that she has and mm-hmm. you know her realizing that she can still love and care for Genko as a friend and not just as someone who wants to be with her romantically and so it does mm-hmm. make sense that the actual sort of end point for her character is reconciling things with her brother as opposed to i don't know like where mm-hmm. are we well, gonna put another I mean, girlfriend in this like come on there's also the whole thing of the one who did want to be with her not necessarily in a sexual sense but the one person who did love her was somebody that she rejected because she didn't feel it was the right kind of love or it wasn't the kind of love that she wanted even if like yeah even if she that she resented. knew that it was there and she yeah she resented it this is what and happens so coming when you don't accept... do what madoka did <laughs> you've left somebody alive so now you have to give them an ending well yeah and she got one yeah she went off to a farm upstate <laughs> which is fine <laughs> That's okay. is that really the worst place to go no i don't think it is i don't like I think making a value judgment between what is better loving your brother or loving your lover is like, yeah. Hey, why are you heading into such uncomfortable territory? Just anyway, different kinds of love, dude. Yeah. And, and I'm being different doesn't necessarily it's a, it's a show. Well, all I'm saying yeah. is just them being different. Doesn't necessarily mean that one is better than the other. Yeah, no, I agree. I like what I'm pointing out was more that I could see why people would, feel this way given like if that's where you'd put all of your your faith in the show i could see why you might be disappointed by that though i agree yeah Mm. it's a perfectly adequate way to close your plot line i don't know blah 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 i could see why someone would be like that but it doesn't really stand to that comes back to my eternal complaint about ikuhara fans which (laughs) is generally that that we bother to exist no (laughs) no it's that they start impressing their what they want to see for themselves onto the text that's by design 
Uh, yeah, but it doesn't Cass, work in some cases. Alice mm-hmm. and Cass, how are you guys feel? Yeah. Yeah, we're sorry. We've been very quiet for the last little bit. Yeah, I, I, I know, been... and I I want to hear your thoughts and your beautiful voices. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I, I I already said that. Like, I agreed that like I can see where part of me can understand where someone might come into this if they were really invested in this is a show about this one thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. I feel like if you were at that point, you have kind of made a fundamental mistake. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. yeah. you got tunnel vision, which is I get why you would get tunnel vision, yeah. but also it is still tunnel vision. Like if you yeah. read Utsuda, and the yeah. only thing you get out of Utsuda is, is that it's supposed it's, to be gay. Yeah. If the only thing that you get out of Utsuna is that Anthe and Utsuna don't kiss at the end, yeah. <laughs> then, like you probably you probably miss some things. Yeah. Well, look, y'all, and I'm just gonna be the person to drop the hot take here. Give it to me. Lulu's friendship and attachment to Ginkgo was good for her in a lot of senses, but it was explicitly and always something she kind of threw herself into, knowing it was doomed to deal with the fact that she hadn't gotten over a separation from her family and the loss of her little brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was explicitly a relationship she put that much energy into because that happened. Yeah. And it is sad and screwed up that Lulu gets shot and doesn't get to be with Ginkgo and Kuriha at the end. And, you know, I feel a little bad about it too, and I get it. But also, narratively speaking, the thing that was going to give Lulu catharsis in the end was going to always be... Lulu's very much a want-need character. Her want is to kind of basically keep her thing with Ginkgo going forever. Mm-hmm. Where they're always kind of in a status quo and no one actually makes a move and nothing moves forward and nothing changes. Her need is, girl, you need to have some closure for this. You need to happened. move past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets to do both of those things in the finale. So it's not necessarily the ending you want if you just wanted to see the girls all together and happy. Yay. And, yeah. And gay. And like, I get it. I 200% get it. I also get it. I I also love all of those end cards where the three of them definitely yes. have Yes. There I is a bit of that. Ginkgo does have two hands. Yes. Uh, yes. And, you know, maybe when Kuriha and Ginkgo finally, uh, make their way to the nice farm where Lulu is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will They will have that hook up. But for but now, yeah. Lulu is safe and happy with Milne, and That's enough. there is no indication that, like, she'll be forever separated from Ginko and Kareha. Yeah. She is... Yeah. To borrow a very Chronicles of Narnia thing here, she's left the Shadowlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wherever yeah. she is, is further up and further in and is a better place. And that means necessarily because of what we know about Kareha and Ginko's love, whatever separation is going on there is only going to be temporary for, for yeah. one reason or another. Yeah. Whether whether Lulu is alive in some way in the finale or whether she's waiting in some kind of afterlife, she'll see them again. Yeah. And in the meantime, she's with Milne and it's very... Yeah. Or, you know, you could take the entirely depressing route and, well, despite what we saw, Kureha and Ginko got shot to bits 
And they're all going to meet up in the afterlife. They all got sent to the farm upstate. Well, the farm upstate appears to be like basically the little prince IRL. So, mm. so I'm not, I don't see the problem. It sounds okay. <laughs> I was just, honestly, Die I was just love. thinking how, um, how that would have been portrayed in like, the what my what my brother and I used to call as the kids. system in no, 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 stories no. is uh no I was thinking of how it would be if it was uh what my brother and I used to call as kids a real people movie <laughs> and absolutely they just would have gotten totally pummeled with bullets at the end yeah. and died and it would have kind of meant the same thing in a weird way yeah yeah so if you like that better then go with that i mean they're gonna meet up in the afterlife well it's literally the, the same ending is... as utena yeah you know yeah. The, the storm of swords comes raining down on utena and it's cut to black and you don't really know what happens after that i feel like that's kind of what's happened here there's a rain of bullets the miserable dystopian school is going to continue on as it has however it you know they've left their mark and you can see that that it will still have this threat of rebellion within it but yeah you know it's, it's, it's doom has already been seated like, exactly. Like it doesn't in a, in, a, in a weird way the thing that made this story happen this way itself has already its defeat has already started. You know, yeah. she's it's 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 happening organically now even faster and soon it will just like it won't sustain itself, it will fall apart like it's a degrading orbit. With each yeah. with each turn, you know, around this orbit, it degrades a little more and a little more and a little more. And you know, I think I think that's kind of what he's going for there. Yeah. Is just the like, yeah, as this system contracts and, and contracts, there's still a thread of fight within it, and it's very fighting against the tuck. It's fighting fascism one person at a time. Hell yeah. So and fascism is straight people. And Ginkgo and Kureha are now the gay Antifa bears <laughs> in space. Yeah, gay Antifa bears in space. Mm-hmm. Just like they're exactly what we were warned about. We found it. We found the title. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, for, for like the third time this episode, we found the title. Oh well, you guys don't. You guys don't really see the lists, but like I usually have at least like three, four, maybe more picks for titles in any given episode because you bunch of jokers say funny things all the time. It's what we do best. This is hmm. such a um. Well, like with with the climax here being that you literally have to shoot yourself out of mm-hmm. the glass. That's um repeated in Sarah's on my, but in a much more cynical mm-hmm. sort of way yeah like it's it's literally like the same answer but framed as a positive because here you have to shoot the view of yourself in the mirror to get onto the other side and it's very easy to see why that metaphor works you have to look past who you've been and be willing to shatter that before you can advance blah 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 meanwhile in Sarazanmai at the climax toy is being told to shoot iterations of his former self mm-hmm. to advance and it's interesting because those are identical ways to solve the problem, but framed in very, very different ways. Like Yeah, they're... because in Toy's case, it's it's erasing him from everybody's minds. Yeah, but I do think it's it's interesting that there's such a similar idea here. Yeah, it's destroying your impact on other people versus, in Yuri Kuma's case, it's like literally self-perception. You're destroying yeah. how you see yourself more than you are yourself. 
that's true. It's mm-hmm. very, it feels like, it feels like a visual metaphor and, and like a, a it's it's interesting that Ikuhara has done that so many times in different ways. Like it's clearly something he likes to pick at and return to and, and think about. And I actually like this one more than in the Sarazemai version of it. I like I, the idea of this a lot. It felt very at first like, okay, that is a very direct uh, way to do that. That could be a little bit less obvious. But then it just, I got very fond of it. I like the idea. I like what it says. It doesn't need a lot of emphasis. So he doesn't really work on yeah that as a concept much he just says that's how it works and we all accept it but i do like that especially when you find out like like kureha does have that guilt from that decision having been prideful and not really the best way to go about it and things like that and that's also part of something she has to like shoot out is the mistake that young her made even though she meant it well she's like well i meant well but now i have to do it the right way this time and i do kind of like that that you have to shoot out the mistakes you've made and account for them, even if you understand why you made them. Yeah. There's an old um, anarchist motto. Very old. Uh, Kill the cop in your head. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, every time I see that, I think about that. Like, this sort of this idea of there is a part of you that has been conditioned by a society, by a, the structures that exist to control you, and it's conditioned you to think that that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, in a sort of, it, it's an almost a, like kind of gaslighting abusive situation where the thing you have, you have been trained to think that you should live in chains. And like, I, I kind of like the version of this and here more than Sarah's on mice. Yeah. Because I feel like that part of it is a bit more. Very much so. I feel like it's communicated a little more clearly, which doesn't yeah. say that I don't like the one in Sarah's on by. I think that the one in Sarah's on by is going a different direction. Very, yeah. And so. Yeah, it's, it's portrayed in quite a different way, yeah. such that it's Toy shooting himself in all of the memories and everything is clearly a negative thing to do. Yeah. Yes. Like, and that I think is because of the different focuses, because he's getting rid of his impact on people whereas in Yurikuma it is transcending yourself yeah kind of more in the way that Nanami says that she wants to overcome everything overcome everything including herself and well, I think that, that self-awareness that she's a barrier to what she wants as well yeah as everything else I think that biggest. in Yurikuma it's a lot more well-rounded and you kind of mm-hmm. get the sense too that there's some sorrow in that that there's going to be pain involved and that it might not be like there's a chance that it could turn out to be a bad thing but mm-hmm. you know if you go into it with the right perspective and the right mindset then there's also a chance that it can be a good thing like mm-hmm. i just feel like it's a lot more well-rounded in yurikuma yeah. as opposed to toy's situation which is very directed and towards one point yeah which was as i said unequivocally a negative yeah it's it's framed as negative to change how other people have been impacted by you but how you impact yourself is always going to be mm-hmm. yours to to dictate or decide mm-hmm. but yeah no i actually like i really love i feel like that that summarizes this whole thing up she had to shoot the cop inside yeah she had to, she had to shoot the person that taught her about the severance barrier in the first place yuri kuma mm-hmm. says acab Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Ikuhara. I mean, yeah. He doesn't. Well, you know. All cops are bastards except those two from Sarazan. Except for Rayo and Mabu. 
Okay. I, I would no, they're bastards too. No, I would suggest mm-hmm. that Rayo and Mabu are still very consistent with Ikuhara's anti-cop philosophy. Okay, so, yeah, like yeah, becoming not cops, they also become you know get their happy ending. So it's yeah. not even that subtle. Yeah, yeah they can't stay the cop. cops. They're like yeah, they're just Rent pretending cop. to be cops for a little while. They're they're the best okay. few, uh, musical characters ever created. Yeah, it's true. And the, and utterly sexy is it's such brilliant, a good actually yeah like it, even the English version of it is brilliant. I wish like, I still yes. had it in the soundboard. See <laughs> that sort of playfulness though, because like yeah, they are fucking cops, and Ikuhara is very playful with what the power structures look like and act like in in Sarazen. My there is none of that here, and I think that's part of that whole like horror thing that I didn't get at first, so I didn't look at it the yeah. same way. This show has like. It's weird to say, given that we had like ex- entire extended comic sequences of like bears rolling in honey and all kinds of dumb shit, but the the world framing is very dark. Like mm-hmm. there is no humor from like the cast of anything that is ostensibly villainous. It's very very oppressive and miserable, and you get the and and any scene of levity happens very much in isolation from those power structures. Like almost all of the levity happens inside her house where or it's, she feels or it's a joke that's perverse. Like the, yeah. the bear who runs on the on the track to power the thing. Yeah. Like, yes. That is that is funny. That is but it's also shit. the worst. It's perverse. Like it yeah. you feel a little yeah. close for, for chuckling if you chuckle at it. Because it's yeah. like, oh Jesus, that's kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. It was it's very much a David Cronenberg moment to me. That's some David Cronenberg shit, hmm. which I guarantee you he's seen plenty of. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, that yeah, is definitely seen Cronenberg. But there's like that like sense of like comical body horror, and it's like, no, I don't like. That. <laughs> okay, but th- still, the best comical body horror was was Kepi turning into the phone. That was that was. Good. See, this show didn't do that kind of, of comedy as much. No, it didn't. Well, yeah, I think Sarazanmai is, like, the slapstickiest. Of- yeah. It definitely. Yeah. 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 And yet this is, I feel, by far the happiest ending. Yeah. This is the happiest ending I've ever seen on an Ikuhara show. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just unambiguously happy. Yeah, I mean, Sarazanmai has a happy ending, but Toei does go to jail for a little while. It has a happy ending, but it has a happy ending through which a lot of trauma has to occur off screen. Yeah. Like, I mean, Toy yeah. gets dragged through prison, they become adults, you've lost their youth, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, but, like, going to jail also, like, legit made him, le- like, cool. Probably, so, like, yeah, it's <laughs> true. Now he's got it. He's hard now. Yeah, he's, he's finally gonna be, hard. He's gonna be hard as fuck the moment he hits the streets <laughs> growing his veggies again. So that's good. But yeah, good like, this is like but unequivocally the ma- the happiest ending. Yeah, it's 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 fantastical in its happiness. It's goofy. It's joyful. I kind of like like that's refreshing to get. I'm shocked that you like a happy ending. Once in a while, one does need a happy ending. <laughs> Just this once. Just this once. Pandemic has and, beaten you down so much yeah. that you've been you're now enjoying happy endings. Yeah, halfway through 2021, I am ready for just something unambiguously happy. happy. Only one. No, no, you know, oh, did Utsuna survive? No, you know, oh, you know, we're going to sing it again. No, they're just fucking happy. Everyone's happy. (laughs) (laughs) 
We're done. And there's nothing that comes after this to fuck it up. He didn't like do a part two. And that's it. This is done. There's no uh, after the revolution. There's none of that. And I very much doubt he will revisit this one in any major way because it does seem to be the one that uh, I wouldn't hate if he wanted to do like kind of a weird experimental movie a la I you know I know that you're not the biggest fan of Adolescence of Utena but like that's it, Vana not uh, me well, she loves it. What I love you? the movie but it's okay. the best movie ever but I, would, okay. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to something in that vein oh yeah. no you, oh no you don't like it as an act like it as an but it's also they turn into cars. I think it's a great That's movie. That's awesome. And I like it. It's an okay, excellent movie. I have complicated reasons for hating the Uchina movie that we won't get into today. Yeah, we don't but have time. Despite all of that, I would say I would totally want him to do yeah any movie like like if he wants to do a movie version of this. Adolescence of Korea. Absolute. God bless. That would be yeah. so wild. Yeah. That would actually be. Would it be? It might work what would uh, yeah. be his mic drop? It, it, okay. it would be Adolescence of Genko. I went with Kareha because it sounds more like Utena. That's fair. But also, I am just going to repeatedly state it. I am validated. My best You girl. are validated. You are. you are absolutely validated. <laughs> Genko literally did nothing wrong. I rest my case. Nothing ever. Nothing <laughs> ever. Nope. All right. So we are getting um, a little long yeah. in the tooth here. So how are we how are we feeling how do we want to how, how we feel about happy. wrapping this up sure no, I, no, I mean, it feels like, like there's less to say when we're happy about something <laughs> <laughs> we're like this was good actually so. how, are, how are you guys feeling as sort of closing this chapter of your lives of watching yuri kuma good closure i feel like this was this was good mm-hmm. hopefully the air can clear now and we can just yeah you know god no this was good i'm glad i'm glad it took this long actually i'm glad i saw it later i i think people should see it now i i get the impression that a lot of people would be more positively inclined to it now i agree yeah before the the world has done a lot of growing between 2015 and now it's it's the (laughs) anti-hamilton I am literally writing an essay about the new fucking In the Heights movie right now. It's open on my computer. And you had to make that joke. I can't believe I'm going to have to try and work that into my script. Okay. We stop recording this. Next, we do another episode. We just have that take expanded into 30 minutes. No rebuttals. Just by itself. We'll put, I don't know, I will soundtrack it. That The fact that y'all are laughing this much tells me I don't need to explain it. No, it's so obvious. It's I don't have to explain shit. And yet, I would love to hear you articulate that. Just for 30 minutes. We found another episode. We found the bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's uh that's great. Um Allison Cass. Alice, how do you feel about this watch of Yuri Kuma? I don't remember how many times you've seen it at this point. This is the second okay, time. Okay, only I've the second. Sure. How are you feeling? Did any of your feelings change? Um hmm. It is okay if the answer is no. I think I was a little 
the first time around, I think I was I was a little too blown away by the whole thing to really feel this way. But like I remember thinking around episode nine or ten, this time I was like, wow, I really wish this had like two more episodes. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I wanted a little more time with some of these characters. Mm-hmm. I wanted a little more space for this story to breathe. I felt that a little more strongly this time around. Mm-hmm. Especially having seen a little bit more like Ikahara stuff and seen this style of directing over more episodes. I really am sad that there's not a, like two more of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still like it. Uh, it's been kind of interesting because uh, the record as we've been recording this and I've been rewatching it. This was it on a personal note, like kind of a. You were a very different person the first time that you watched Jiri Kuma. Yeah, I really was, and uh, it's it's been kind of interesting. Like here, we're kind of me and Cass are kind of in a transitionary period in our lives, and we're back at this place that was near the beginning of our knowing each other, and mm-hmm. that's. That's been really cool. It's been really interesting to be able to come back and appreciate parts of this that I didn't like. Uh I don't, I appreciated the whole like weird fashy angle and I appreciated it when I saw it the first time from a distance, but. Look, going through the 2016 U.S. election does things to to a person. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, four or five years later. I see it having, you know, been fully socially transitioned, very obviously out and very obviously queer in a southern city for several years now, like three or four. Uh, I It feels more, simultaneously more real mm-hmm. and more cathartic for me to mm-hmm. see this depicted the way it is in this kind of simultaneously very chilling and kind of real way but also sort of in a very stagey way yeah mm-hmm. I, that i get that more. and Cass, i don't yeah. remember what watch the number this is for you this is technically three i think okay because i've seen it once on my own i rewatched it when i made alice watch it for the very first time and then i watched it again for this podcast and this has been my favorite watch of it this show's been with me for a long time. It's weird kind of thinking about the fact that when I watched Yurikuma, la- one of the uh, last two times I watched Yurikuma, the very first time, like, my egg hadn't cracked yet, even to me. Like, the show hit me in some very, very powerful ways, but, like, it was a show I came back to, and every time I've had a chance to come back to it, it's had something else for me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I've had something else for it is actually a better way of putting it. Yeah. Because it's just been, you know, I walk and I find, oh, you know, I've had this new experience in my life and it helps me contextualize what was always here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's hard for me to just kind of keep going on about how much I love Yurikuma as much as I, I do love it in some ways. Because still I feel that. like I can... I'll just kind of like get into a monomania if I'm not careful. <laughs> but I love the show a lot. I've really loved kind of uh, talking about it for this podcast. I love like kind of having to advocate for it. I loved making Tanabata connections that if someone sat me down in a room on critical theory and went like, is this really what was going on there? I could definitely not definitely 100% intended, but God, who the fuck cares? 
Mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. Like, look, it was an excuse for me to watch to make Alice watch the uh, Mon Mode Behind the House P uh, Tanabata music videos. And if you don't know what those are, don't worry. I will send them to you all later. Oh, yes. You should definitely drop those in our Discord chat. They're, they're very... If you have a mild tolerance for Vocaloid music, they're worth they're worth listening to <laughs> and watching because they're very funny. I like um, Vocaloid music, so yeah. Yeah, I will I will send you all those later. Like going back through the show kind of helped me reconnect to. It's also just like as I've gotten older and gotten more interested in things like gotten better at understanding things like film language and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. this is why i you know i like the things i like this is what kind of anime uh speak to me it's kind of weird looking back at this show and realizing anime doesn't really look like yurikuma very often anymore no, no. it really doesn't it really like, doesn't the, the landscape has changed a lot in 2021 not necessarily for the worst yeah. in every case it's just different but you're, you're never gonna find another show i mean th- this is a little unfair because like nothing looked like yurikuma exactly when yurikuma came out either but there's a very specific aesthetic choice made with yurikuma and even with like the particular versions of uh moe that it plays with as a trope like mm-hmm. it was kind of weird i was watching a big long video essay on elfin lead like a couple of like a week ago and i had this sudden revelation of like anime about cute girls doesn't draw them like this anymore and hasn't in actually literally for most of my life. This mm-hmm. is now firmly a relic of a past art dominant art style. Mm-hmm. And my brain had this break of like, I have lived through an epoch. Yeah. Like it was weird kind of realizing like in a way, Yuri Kuma is also sort of an, it's, it's kind of revisiting an artifact of a point in history of you know, my life of the the work itself of, like, how a particular scene in animation used to be that, like, it'll never, it, it's not gone, it hasn't been replaced or anything, but it will never quite be this again, you know, yeah. just that yeah. Yuri Kuma is impossible to fully replicate, and that's really cool, and I like mm-hmm. that, and so... Yeah, I have a lot of feelings bu- bottled up in this rewatch. I really enjoyed getting to watch it with Yasha and Vana, actually, this time as well. That added a lot to the experience oh, because, you. straight up, I had not made the connections to a lot of the horror films you guys were referencing, so I had to go out and watch Suspiria to get half of I am, them. I am so glad that I brought you to Suspiria. Like, as a, as knowing that you're a fan that. of this show, it was like, This yes. is a net good for everyone to watch Suspiria. That's all I could bring, yes. <laughs> Yes. That worked for us all. I got to watch the most literal threshold crossing scene in all of the film. <laughs> it really it really isn't very shy. <laughs> Just went right for it, didn't it? It really um, did. But yeah, like that this whole experience has been really wonderful and I'm actually kind of sad that well, we're going into the Yurikuma manga after this, I guess, but like this is going to be the last episode where, you know, the four of us are here to talk about the actual show. And it is kind of sad. It is, yeah. The end of an era, truly. <laughs> we, we've, we've, Not we've all tears it. are an evil. Hmm. <laughs> We're taking the boat into the sunset. Yeah, Vana and I are going off to a farm that upstate. It took this long to record this episode because it ended up being a really long one. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I'm gonna really kick myself when I have to edit this. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But yes, yes. 
As for Yuri Kuma, I totally want to make those mugs. Did someone make those mugs? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna look for. I'm gonna look for them later. I'm gonna see. I want to see what what Yuri Kuma merch exists. I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. This is your first foray into Yuri Kuma merch, I assume. <laughs> Uh, yes, actually, I really haven't. Uh, well, remember, I was trying to stay spoiler free, so I haven't That's looked up true. shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't... wouldn't want to see something that yeah. Uh, Come on, you you remember that time on Magicast where I saw the rings <laughs> and then decoded the yeah. the yeah. Yeah, and that was really bad. So we we were avoiding that. <laughs> so I've deliberately not looked up because I I had a feeling that that fucking bitch was like Maria Sama. And I didn't want to have that, like, proven. Kind of in the yeah. way, like, I absolutely had Devil Homura, like, spoiled way before we'd even finished the series. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of keeping it to myself and also being like, eh, whatever, whatever consequences, you know, whatever led to these consequences are probably fine and good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's good. I have, I knew that Subiko was Lady Kamaria when i don't remember exactly what alice said but it was like during one of the very early episodes like episode yeah. three or four or something where you guys were complaining about sumika and alice i don't remember exactly what you said but you like referred to her as like you, oh god i i really can't remember what you said but like you referred to her as like a concept yeah or and well, then like, I was like, uh-huh. You had some really evasive language there about, like, the true nature yep. of Sumika. And I was like, she's I bet she's- an avatar, an emanation. I bet she's the fucking bear goddess. Yep. Yeah, I think I-, I Yeah, I remember this conversation. It yeah. was like, let's try not to spoil ourselves. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, was down, I, I have I was, not I looked apologize. up Yurikuma merch. I apologize You, you showed that. your hand a little too much, but that's yeah. okay. Because it, it allowed me to just sit and be like, okay, when do I get to find- this out as 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 spoiler evasion goes actually that was masterful work and honestly really hard to avoid knowing that she is lady kumaria i don't think impacts anything no (laughs) like it really really is just sort of like okay but like it doesn't tell you like anything about what else is gonna happen which is arguably way more important yeah Mm -hmm. yeah <sighs> so yeah so yeah yuri kuma is good actually yeah that that's the really plot twist that's that's the, plot that's twist. the real plot twist is that yuri kuma is good actually i'm the doing yuri kuma viewing experience was the friends we made along the way and <laughs> the yuri kuma stands are all vindicated congratulations mm-hmm. let's go lesbians you're all valid today i'm <laughs> I'm genuinely gonna like tear up when this is all over. I really had fun recording this with you Aww, all. Tonight. thank you. I've Aww. had fun too, and I'm really glad that. Thank you so much again for stepping in during the few episodes where we weren't really sure what the state of everything was going to be with like Yasha and Bana coming back to the podcast. Because I mean, like it could that could have just been it, like because there was a lot mm-hmm. going on, and it, I would not have blamed uh, Yasha and Vana. I would not have blamed you guys if you just wanted to step away. I, but Cass, you really uh, helped me get things back going, and this has been really fun. And I'm glad that we all, in the end, all uh, five of us came together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really appreciate. Like I, I know that. You know, think things happened and we made things tricky for people that had, you know, us kind of being counted on. And 
I've really appreciated the patience that you've shown Always. and other friends have shown. Well, it's mm-hmm. not something that you can take for granted. Like it's it's something that is not as common as you guys make it feel. Like it's been very much a privilege to be able to count on that understanding when it's not something that I've been able to take for granted in most of my life. And it's been, it's made things a lot easier to come back to and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. thank you for being friends that support their friends through major emotional upheavals. <laughs> oh. I love y'all. That's what I'm saying. The much, real promised kiss was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> but that's right. <laughs> All right. Do we do we have anything else we want to say before we uh, we close out for, for the last time? Oh my Gay antifa space bears. Yep. Yes. That's all. That's all I needed to say. Yep. Anyone else? Uh, if that egg cracks, I've got your back. <laughs> Crack the world shell. Yep. All right. Well, this has been great, and I am very glad. I honestly, I think that it was probably for the better for all of us emotionally to have taken this long to get through Yurikuma, even yeah. if it was not very convenient for the podcast listeners. I'm very sorry, and thank you all for also being patient with us and with me, mostly with me, but also with all of us, mm. uh, because I think that some of this hit a lot where it may not have necessarily before yeah everything and this was a good uplifting sort of anti Mm -hmm. yes all right everybody i guess this is it so it's time for our final plugs of uh the the yuri kuma anime section of this podcast so listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtanaCast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me online on Twitter at Lyrewolf, L-Y-R-E-W-U-O-F. And Cass, what would you like to plug in this space? Why, I'm glad you asked. Alice and I also have a podcast in the Greater Panda Cinematic audio universe audiomatic universe <laughs> audiomatic universe join us sometime for a uh, big steppy a podcast about real robots cool robots and real cool robots which might be branching out from the real robot subject because i found the entirety of ghetto robo armageddon uh uploaded to youtube and <laughs> i'm not going to pass up on a chance to talk about one of the weirder super robot shows Spoiler, the Armageddon in the title is just literal. I don't know what that is, so that's exciting. It's the anime that is partially responsible for inspiring Gurren Lagann. Oh, okay. I know what that is. Yasha, Ivana, where can people find you online? Should they wish Should they have the bad taste to want to find us online? Choices are getting made. You can always find us at ohtori.nu that pretty much has... Uh, most everything. of what we're doing yeah most mm-hmm. of what we're doing at any given moment and for relatively daily ish mm-hmm. updates on what's going on with us you can find us on twitter at o-h-t-o-r-i underscore n-u all right and uh listeners if you would like to support this show you can do that on our patreon you can find that at utenacast.com keppy porn is coming keppy porn <laughs> is coming we did meet that goal a while ago but i have not brought it up 
so I'm glad that it's you did. Coming. It's coming. But it will it is happening. It is real. Uh mm-hmm. the the people demanded it. They well, sure did. They're gonna get what they demanded. I'm ready. My sister started supporting my Patreon Aww. last week. It was very Aww. sweet. That's so nice. I don't know. I don't think she listens because she doesn't really know what an Utena is, but it was very sweet. That's sweet. <laughs> That's still supporting. Yes. And uh listeners, if you would like to see me reblog uh Utsuna fan art on Tumblr, you can go to imaginemeandutsuna.tumblr.com. If you would like to get in contact with us in our pinned tweet, there is a link to a Google form where you can tell me if you want to come on the show and give me some more details about that. Or you can email us at imaginemeandutsuna at gmail.com. And I think that that's everything. If it's not, I'm sorry. We've been recording for over two hours. (laughs) So, revolutionize the world, everybody. Gow, gow. Gow, gow. (laughs) I tried to trip you guys up, but nobody fell for it. Oh, gow you later? Gow you later? I don't know. Look for the (laughs)